Welcome. I'm Gail Pro uh, with World Christian Broadcasting. I've been with World Christian Broadcasting in one capacity or another for 41 years now. Uh, first on the board and now on the staff. Our president, Andy Baker, is here. And we are glad to be a part of the Triple Dine Week this week. Two speakers this morning. Uh, we'll be talking about what is the spirit doing in Latin America. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at this time, Dan Bouchelle will be talking about what is the Holy Spirit doing among the refugee population of the world. And I've, I've been with Dan enough and to the conferences that he's gone to and been a part of and so on. So he knows what he's talking about. He's been involved with refugees for some time. And then on Friday, uh, Dan McVeigh will be here, who is, of all of the people in the world who know the mission scene in Africa, as well as other places, Dan McVeigh is one of them. So uh, we're going to have a good week. But let me introduce these two. Nick Cummin uh, serves as visiting assistant professor of religion here at Pepperdine, where he teaches classes in Old Testament and church history. Nick and his wife Kristen, who happens to be right there, and uh, <coughs> her very special charge there, uh, finished their first year back at Pepperdine after living in London while Nick completed his PhD. Nick and Kristen have two little children, Della and Rowan, and worship at the Hollywood Church of Christ here in Hollywood, uh, California. Rex Morgan said that all I was to say about him is that he is, has been married to Brenda for 45 years and have three children and eight grandchildren. Rex has been World Christian Broadcasting Senior Producer for uh, Spanish for the last 10 years. His voice is heard over shortwave radio, AM radio, and multiple websites every day. Rex and Brenda live in Palm Coast, Florida, which just coincidentally, happens to be close to all three children and their families. <laughs> so, we'll turn it over to you after I have a prayer for you all. Lord, we do thank you for these two people who have uh, volunteered to share their wisdom, their knowledge, their experience with us, and uh, we do pray for the, uh, the next 45 minutes here that uh, uh, that we all walk away from here having more of an impression for what the Spirit is doing in Latin America. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us. And uh, one of our elders from our area, close local church, is with us, Lynn. And I uh, saw his wife earlier. And uh, so I want to welcome him all the way from the East Coast. Uh, glad that you're with us. As we look at the, the Spirit, what the Spirit is doing in Latin America, I couldn't help but open Genesis 1 where it says, and the Spirit of God hovered across the waters. And when I looked at that, I was thinking, oh, wow, we are hovering across the waters every day <laughs> around the world. Uh, actually, our, our uh, signal is bouncing off the Indian Ocean to reach all of Latin America from Madagascar. So that's one of the broadcasts that we do and that, that we have. And so when I think about Latin Americans, I think about that one seeker 
you know, and what this Lord is doing to uh, prepare the hearts of the people that we're trying that we try to reach. And so we try to give them all kinds of resources. We want, to, we want them to be able to listen to everything that we do, even watch videos that we've produced over the years, and then to be able to share those with people. Now, I guess, well, let's see, this website was launched yesterday, <laughs> but I will say my, my website that was before this, uh, in the last 12 months, we had uh, 2.5 million hits, and 1,900 people clicked on free Bible course and enrolled rolling takes place with World, uh, World Bible School. So this is part of what we're trying to do to complement what the Spirit's doing and, and, uh, and, and reaching people that are in remote places. So here in Peru, for example, this picture was taken in Peru, uh, you know, got a shortwave radio, he's listening. And uh, one of the exciting things that uh, happened uh, spring of 2016 was when we flipped the switch in Madagascar, all of a sudden, the month following that, I didn't know what, what would happen. I mean, I'm not all that, wasn't all that familiar with shortwave radio. But in the month of April, after we flipped that switch, we had 432,000 plus hits on our website. And just, boom, you know. So they're sitting there with their, their phones, and they're listening to shortwave, and then they're clicking into the website, and then they're getting more and more access to our content there. And when I think about how the Spirit is working across Latin America, I think about some things that Nick will bring to our attention about how that the, the Spirit is, is really working. We make our plans. We, we know that God has called us and the Spirit's given us a mission. And there we were not too long ago, back in 2016, and our engineer who helped build the station, both in Alaska and in Madagascar, he's there with cutout pieces of paper on the globe trying to give us an idea of the projections of where our signal is going to go. And it's, you know, we go from something so basic to something so high tech, you know, and God through his spirit amplifies our meager efforts. And I, I look at how the spirit's working in all of that to bring our message to people like these ladies here in Cuba, sitting there on their phone, listening uh, to messages on the website that they recorded and we retransmit back into Cuba and the rest of Latin America. And so as we look at what God is doing, I want us, uh, I want Nick to expound a little bit on the Spirit of the Lord and, and how He's working and then we'll, uh, we'll discuss how some of those impact Latin Americans. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Rex. Uh, we love this passage. Uh, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Um, what an amazing passage that, that is, especially thinking about now, particularly in your work in Cuba and things like that, yeah. right? How, how the Spirit mm -hmm. is perhaps been working there for many, many years, even though it may seem like it's not, uh, or maybe even against uh, the Castros or whoever yeah. for so yeah. long, right? Right, right. So, yeah, that's, that's really been a... Uh, you know, we see him. We see people that that are free in Cuba, mm. but their freedom is uh, a spiritual freedom that they have, and the relationship with the Spirit, and mm -hmm. how God is is blessing their high their their lives in spite of all of the difficulties. Uh, you know, so the Spirit goes ahead and yeah. working with them. 
Yeah, one of the first things that I wanted to think about in terms of what the Spirit is doing in Latin America is um, this idea that we have in, in theology that's, that's called prevenient grace. Right? That when somebody is, you know, the, the act of converting to Christianity or feeling the call to the gospel um, oftentimes can be a, a many years long thing, even without you being there. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Right? So for, for maybe a person's whole life, the, the Spirit has gone ahead of you as the missionary or ahead of the radio um, program that you've been producing for maybe, <coughs> maybe their whole entire lives. Right? And that's this idea of prevenient grace that the Holy Spirit is going and preparing a way um, and going ahead of us. And um, I was thinking about the, the story of, of Paul and Silas and Timothy and, and perhaps Luke himself, depending on how we understand Acts chapter 16. But there's this part where they think they're going to go somewhere, but the Spirit keeps them, right? That's the word in it. The Spirit keeps them from going uh, one direction, but allows them to go in a different place, to go to Macedonia. Mm-hmm. And there is Lydia. Right, this group right. of women that are listening to Paul's uh, story, um, to listening to the, the gospel, and there Lydia um, has this experience listening to Paul. And you think about that maybe the, the maybe years perhaps that had happened before. We don't really mm-hmm. see it necessarily perhaps in the text, but but the idea that the, the Spirit was leading Paul and his companions to Lydia perhaps mm-hmm. maybe for years and preparing Lydia there. Mm-hmm. Um, going ahead uh, of them, and I was just wondering if how that how you've seen sort of that the spirit going ahead, um, preparing hearts. Yeah, well, in the, Latin America, <laughs> the Lydia in my life of mm. Latin American women, uh, the one woman that I think of right away is a sister. Now her name is Ana Duque, and Ana, I, you know, I knocked on her door back in the '80s. You know. She's a Colombian woman. She's there in Miami. I knock on her door, and uh, mother of five, and husband, and uh, so I knock on her door, and she's got all these questions. Wow, the spirit had been working. The spirit had been pre- preparing her heart. You know, we know how much all, y'all love to knock on doors and you know, all, all that. You know, I love the fact that we have all this technology. We just enter into people's homes now through through uh, social networks and everything else. But when I knock on her door, she said. Would you study with me? And so a week later, we got together, and she had her preacher there. And so she set up uh, with all of her questions, and she put a timer on the table, and she said, and you have 10 minutes, and you have 10 minutes for each question. And so there we are, you know, ding, you know, when we get the next question, and, and amazing, you know, God had prepared her with all these questions. She, her background had been the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and uh, basically we were not in a very friendly uh, discussion, not really a debate, mm. you know. But she set it up that way, and her heart was ready, and the Spirit had prepared her. You know, all of her kids have come to the Lord over the years. Her grandkids are dynamic in their faith, and her husband's an elder in the church in South Florida. And you just see how the Spirit was working through this woman. And uh, a little bit more than that, mm. she kept coming to us. She said, well, my family in Pareda, Colombia, they need to hear the gospel. Mm. And uh, I said, when are you going to go, Rex? When are you going to go? Another worker who was with me, Carl Jane. When are you going to go to Colombia? When are you going to uh, reach my family? Well, she ended up going herself. 
and she went down there, spent three months, and uh, she helped find a preacher who we, they, he was taught and everything, and she helped plant three churches and converted her parents while she was there. And uh, she wanted to support that preacher, so she came back and started washing more clothing and cleaning more houses and doing all that she could, and all the money that she would get from that Mm. She supported church planting and, and a minister in Pereira, Colombia. Mm. So the Spirit of God, we're really preparing our hearts, you know. But the Spirit stayed with her and is still with her today. I mean, and yeah. you would recognize it if you met her. Mm. I'm wondering, uh, just as a follow-up, sort of with what happened with Paul and Silas and those sorts of people, if you, if you had ever thought that the Spirit, when you'd gotten into Latin American ministry, you thought the Spirit would take you here, but then there was sort of that wall, you know, that they're, they're thinking about going to Bithynia, but then the Spirit keeps them from going to Bithynia and sends them to Macedonia mm -hmm. instead. So I'm wondering, just following up with sort of, that again, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more towards the end, but where you think the Spirit might be saying, but then, but then sort of shifts or pivots gears mm -hmm. in a different direction, and you realize, oh, that's a much better Well, in my thing would have happened. In my personal life, mm. the Spirit, I, I believed I was going to be a missionary in New Guinea for mm. many, many years. But in my personal life, there were some changes that took place mm -hmm. that, that uh, you know, we had to come back home. And so we came back home, and that door was shut. I mean, mm -hmm. anybody talked to me? I mean, I was building a house. I was going to be there for another 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, no, the Spirit shut that door. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when our, our youngest daughter passed away. Mm -hmm. So the Spirit shut that door. We came home, and the Muriel boat lift had started. You know, it happened in South Florida, and so he shifted us to another direction. Mm -hmm. And so that was the biggest pivot mm -hmm. that happened in our life when it, in terms of where to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that the, the Spirit does, as we see in Scripture, is, um, you know, through our, our conversion, through our baptism, that we are born again, right? Mm -hmm. when, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus... Um, Jesus tells him, right, uh, in the famous story of that you've, you've been, once you've been born already by uh, the normal means, by the material means, but mm -hmm. now you have to be born again of yeah. the Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this amazing shift that I think happens, and maybe we don't think about it this way, but perhaps we should, is that when somebody comes out of the waters of baptism, that through, through faith, through the Holy Spirit, they are a new creation. Right. They are born again. Their, their, their flesh and blood is exactly the same if you saw it under a microscope. And yet we believe that they have been changed by the Holy Spirit. Right? Mm -hmm. their, their being, again, the theology, their ontology has changed. Mm -hmm. Their being has changed mm -hmm. because of the power yeah. um, of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so we recognize that person as being born again. Yeah. You know, and it's not just a it's not just a ritual. It is we really think that mm -hmm. you know, and there's mm -hmm. this immense power through the spirit um, that comes through that. Um, I'm wondering how you've seen perhaps individuals or maybe even areas born again mm -hmm. and really changed mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah. Right? It's not just little. Maybe it is little things that then that then grow, but maybe even those ways that you've seen mm -hmm. literally beings changed because yeah. of the work of the Spirit in Latin America. I think one of the most vivid examples that I have of a, a Latino brother, hmm. I mean, uh, his name is Ennio, Ennio Argueta, and Ennio was a professional soccer player. 
uh, in El Salvador, in his native country, and he came to South Florida, but he had, he has a drug addiction, alcohol problems, and he was brought to us by uh, North American, or think you don't have influence, you just reach out and start teaching uh, Latinos, and all of a sudden they bring him to us and we're teaching Ennio, and Ennio was about this tall, and uh, you know, he, he was rough looking, I mean just really rough looking. So as he was taught and converted, uh, to give you an idea how rough looking he was, Blanco a mother of two, single in our congregation, Brenda asked, my wife Brenda over here, uh, she asked her, what do you think about Ennio, you know, would you consider, you know, uh, dating him or something? <laughs> no, he's too ugly, he's too <laughs> ugly, you know. I mean, you know, but this transformation was, was just not spiritual, but it was also his whole demeanor began to change in Christ and... Uh, Two years later, they got married. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it's like the spirit was definitely working in this situation. I mean, uh, actually, their oldest son actually graduated from Paradigm, I mean, years later. And this, this couple, uh, God using them, uh, helped plant three churches in Honduras. They went as missionaries. He was 50-something, and they just uprooted the family. They went and they planted three churches in Honduras, worked there for maybe eight years, and he's still preaching in Missouri uh, at the church of the man who had brought him to me years ago. The Spirit is just at work in people. We just don't, I mean, if you would have looked at any of you, you know, it wouldn't have been my first prospect, you know, back then, you know, but wow. What the what God does in His transforming, renewing power is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I was thinking, I was even thinking about Paul's conversion there. And we don't know what Paul looked like at all, really, but you know, church history tells us that he was a ruddy little uh, guy, probably bald, and you know, just some ruddy little guy, and let and yet God transformed him through a personal experience that he had mm. with Jesus. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't meet Jesus physically, this personal experience that he had with the Lord, mm -hmm. and the Lord is the Spirit, right? God. Right. And, and yet, this ruddy little guy, Paul, ends up being you know, the writer of, of our texts, oh, right? <laughs> right. right. Uh, maybe any of it's not quite Paul. No, maybe that's unfair to compare anybody that, that way. But, <laughs> well, but yeah. the, you know, the way that, that people are transformed mm -hmm. and, and in some ways physically born again. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's uh, that's just physically. I mean, this whole demeanor, everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think one of my daughters was flower girl in her wedding. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, seeing that impact mm -hmm. Latin Americans, wherever they're at. Yeah. Is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen it any bigger on a, a community scale? Sometimes that's really hard to really, to you really know, tell. But well, yes. I mean, in a, yeah. in a, in a combination of, uh, oh, wow, of the power of the spirit, but utilizing media. Mm -hmm. Those two coming together, I've been blessed to be a part of reaching the lost in Latin America through media since, say, 1990. And, well, actually earlier with radio, but then we mm -hmm. produced a TV program. And so the spirit goes before us in many ways. Here we are in Chile, mm -hmm. okay? We're in the country of Chile, and if you know what Chile is like, it's just 
a string down the side of <laughs> South America, you know, it's the longest country probably in the world, mm -hmm. you know, top to bottom, and the skinniest, I would imagine. <laughs> but uh, Chile, I mean, a fellow was a missionary there for many years, like 25 years, Gary Lewis did a great job in Santiago, and there was nine churches that were, that were there. And God, in His Spirit, opened the door for the number one TV station to take on our program for that year. Hmm. For one year, just one year. It's a famous uh, channel now called La Red. And so they took our program for a year. Well, the Spirit worked in the hearts of those that Gary had trained in Santiago. So you have nine churches. Hmm. A year later, these members got on trains that would go one extreme to the other to follow up contacts of the TV program. Mm. All year long they would do that and then they continued it after we went off the air and in one year they went from nine churches that were established in 25 years to 21 churches mm. and one of my favorite pictures mm. is a, a fellow being baptized in the desert in northern Chile. I have that on my wall, you know, just to go behind me to inspire me and to see the transformation in a country that through the Spirit's preparation and you go in and you negotiate a contract and you, it's not up to you. Mm. God opens the door. He's prepared the hearts of people that you got to talk to. Mm. And uh, later on we went back on the air in Chile and we were the only program that was broadcast by the Catholic network <laughs> that was not Catholic. Mm. Because God opened the door. Yeah. You know, it's not the words that we said, even though he said, well, why do, we, why do you think we should put our program on, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're a program on. Yeah. I said, well, because of Vatican II, you know? Yeah. Uh, I said, uh, you're encouraging people to open the Bible in their homes, and half of our program is about having an open Bible around mm -hmm. the table. So God preparing the hearts of people, opening, opening doors, mm -hmm. and, and really, uh, I see it impact nation after nation. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty big community. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll, I'll just speak to one more community. Hmm. I've got a young lady here, Gina Isasiga. <laughs> her husband and her are planning a church in uh, San Diego. And uh, I just have to say, first time I met her husband, he was, he had been, <laughs> can I share this? Of course. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. God's story. So yeah, it's God's story, you know. You just happen to be part of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so here's, this fellow, mama drug him to church. Yeah. He, he was about, what, 18? Yeah, yeah. About 18 years old. He had just been arrested. He was a bouncer for a strip joint. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, all that. And brought him in. I'm downstairs listening to him last night. We're just talking and everything. And he's talking about the expanding of the kingdom and he's going all mm -hmm. this. And I'm thinking about, wow, how the Spirit transformed mm -hmm. him and has the power to do that in the lives of all of our listeners. Mm -hmm. He was receptive to listen, mm -hmm. even though it took a little bit. Yeah, but he's been preaching the gospel now for 20 years? It's been 17 years. 17 years, yeah, yeah. yeah. sharing so, Christ. Mm -hmm. And he brought his girlfriend along. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm sure that there's countless stories that you haven't, have not made their way back to you. Right, and yeah. even you've, you've talked about it before that on your website um, that it, it points people to World Bible School. And I think what an amazing, it's not about you, 
right? The, the, what the Spirit is doing in Latin America is about bringing people to Christ. Right. And if the easiest way for them to do that is to go to World Bible School or something along those lines, then why reinvent the wheel to, mm. make, to, to make Rex the, the center of attention or something, right? Because that's yeah. not the, that's not not the, the point. point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's countless stories like that that people have heard. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I, I look through my weakness, the magnet of God's power is magnified. Mm. I mean, mm. light-haired, lighter than usual, lighter than it was, <laughs> yeah. blue-eyed guy not quite Latin doing American, Latin American yeah. <laughs> programming. I mean, it's a God thing, you know. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is this is God and His Spirit working, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I really feel that, uh, yeah. So certainly not dependent upon us, and and we love partnering, mm. you know, mm-hmm. like with World Bible School, and. Uh, well, Christian Broadcasting, we're together as a family. Uh, we syndicate other stations. Uh, you know, but we talk about the power of the media, which the church hasn't put a whole lot of focus on, mm-hmm. the use of the media. Mm-hmm. But God used and His Spirit used the roads of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. to spread His gospel all over the world. And today we have a new highway through media through the internet, through radio frequencies, mm-hmm. that the Spirit of God <laughs> moved upon the face of the water. Mm-hmm. You know, well, here it goes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so who's listening? That's, that's one of our challenges is, in our human side, to envision what a listener would be like and say, how do I communicate to that one mm-hmm. person? Because mm-hmm. when you listen to radio and you're in your car, how big of an audience are you? You just one, you know? So it may go out to millions, but it's just that one. So I'm having a conversation here yeah. with that one, you know, and that's repeated over and over again. And it's, but God working in their hearts. I, yeah. ne- I never see a lot of these people, uh, yeah. you know? Right. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great point, you know, when, when Paul is doing his evangelism and, and the, the Spirit is working through the Roman Empire, it's using like you said, the technology of the road, right? And it's using even ancient technology like the letter, right? Mm -hmm. Writing letters to people. And the Spirit is having Mm -hmm. a major impact upon those people in the same way that you're using the new and older technology and putting it all together, Mm -hmm. a new website, using um, the Internet and using radio and all these things available to you in the same way that the Spirit used that same confluence of technology in the Roman Empire to do the same thing. With all that technology, it's interesting. We we announced the uh, in Cuba the, all of the uh, contacts come in the form of letters to the PO box in Havana. I have seen some of those beautiful handwriting that even today people are writing long letters to us and telling us that they've heard the radio program that they want to get that free Bible course and and uh, and all, all that's happening. So here we have the technology, but then here comes that handwritten letter, you know, that can only, way that they would have to communicate mm-hmm. with us, you know, so yeah. the letter's still very relevant yeah, today. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, on, the, on the other side, there's this, um, in Scripture it calls the, that, that Jesus says he's going to send the, the comforter mm-hmm. when he's, when he ascends, he's going to send the comforter. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the word is paraclete in, in the New Testament. That he is going to send um, comforter, advocate, it, uh, different words depending on the translation, right? Somebody to aid the church in the midst of 
turmoil. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Or you know, it's it's no surprise that Jesus seems to be able to to uh, predict what <laughs> what it's going to be like mm -hmm. uh, in the Roman Empire, even amongst the Jews after uh, people come to know Him. And so He says He's going to send the Comforter. And I was thinking, even when you just said Genesis one, there's that vision of God creating the universe, but then it's it's formless and void, or it's it's chaotic and yet the Spirit of God is hovering over it. So even in the midst of that chaos of the first moment of creation, the Spirit of God is still there, comforting perhaps, mm -hmm. right? Before God then molds that into uh, the universe that we comprehend now. So I'm wondering how you've seen the Spirit in that role in terms of comforter, of aid, of um, mm -hmm. advocate, mm -hmm. of how, um, you know, we hear lots of stories of turmoil, not only here in the United States, but within various parts of Latin America, and as mm -hmm. we've already said, within places like Cuba, um, as a famous example mm -hmm. for us. So I'm just right. wondering how you've seen the, the spirit work from mm -hmm. that angle in terms of comfort. Right. Of course, I've seen a lot of transformations of people that have heard our message in Cuba. That's one of the, the places I go to a lot, and uh, we see a lot of that transformation taking place. But I just got an email uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And this will be a good illustration for this. You know, I guess this email yesterday from uh, Jesus Blanco, the San Antonio de los Baños. And so he's in this city outside of Havana. And he was part of my class that we had on uh, radio production. And uh, he has started doing some radio, radio work for us. And his, a group of young people that he has there, you know, producing and, uh, and on the radio. Uh, recording. So, uh, wow, I ran into a situation because I started actually putting him on the air. But then, you know, bam, the door just slammed shut, you know. And the reason it slammed shut was his small congregation was meeting in a place that was not recognized as a legal place of worship in Cuba. It has to be recognized by the Cuban government. And so, Amiel Perez, who is uh, an elder and the liaisons between the government and the church, called, sent me an email. He says, you've got to pull that program off because he's promoting it on Facebook. He's doing all this, but yet the government's not happy with him. Hmm. And so that associates our ministry with something they're not happy with, and then all of a sudden we're going to have problems. Hmm. And so, wow, I said, okay, and I began praying. And uh, the Spirit really guided me. I really feel like the Spirit guided me in giving counsel to this young man. He's only 22 years old, but he's a professional radio talent. He's been trained as a radio talent. And I'm just like, Lord, you gave us this gift and now it's taken away. Please work in the situation. Well, the email I got yesterday was uh, from him. And he said that Amiel, that I've mentioned, you know, the official guy with the church, met with him, with government officials, to begin the process of recognizing their location as an official location of the church. He said, so we're at that point right now. We've had that meeting. And wow, I mean, I was just, I got goosebumps all over because I was like, wow, this door is reopening. Mm -hmm. You know, so there was opposition. Uh, and uh, God brought... Uh, comfort to me mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was hurting about this because mm -hmm. a lot of work to, to get everyone organized and everything going and he this fella even figured out 
how to connect me with an app to where he's downloading the program, uploading the programs to, that I can go to and he from Cuba and download those programs to me in Florida. And uh, I'm like, can't lose this guy, you know? <laughs> but he was, has a history of being at odds with another preacher in the province that he was in. He had all of these things that accumulated over the few years, but now God is actually using us in that situation to unravel that web and now them becoming recognized as a church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're not allowed to broadcast in Cuba and the government has all the power over the TV, radio and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't want to be advertising that we're on the air, you know. It's, uh, it comes from outside and goes into Cuba, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just one, <laughs> just yesterday was, you know. So, day after day, we see the Spirit of God working. We see... We see him opening doors mm -hmm. and uh, that have been shut. And uh, for the very first time, by the way, Cuba has a president that's not a Castro. You know, Miguel Diaz uh, Canal. And uh, no difference in the government. Uh, and uh, I'll just say this. I know this yeah. is deviating a little yeah, bit. Right. But we were there a month ago, and they hadn't chosen the president yet. And I was dinner with, uh, uh, we were going to dinner, and we were with a group. and. And the fellow we were with, he started shaking hands with the waiter and, and slapping him on the back and asking him his name and everything. And then he, he said, I, well, I want to shake hands with you. I want you to know your name, everything, because, I mean, you may be the next president because we, we don't know, you know who the next president is going to be. You know, so that was a sad situation, you know, because they, in their council, they choose. But there's no borders with the spirit. You know, and the spirit can touch hearts all over Latin America. And, you know, I don't care who's in power because, hey, who do we know that establishes those that are in power? God has his purpose and his plan for all these <coughs> leaders, some of we don't like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing. You know, with, with the communism throughout the world, one of those things about it is atheism. Right, that communism mm. in Russia and in China and other places brings along atheism, and yet here we have churches. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> here we have churches and churches that have survived um, over countless years mm -hmm. of that and the way that the Spirit has done that. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it didn't, you know, the Spirit didn't care about communism, <laughs> right? Or, you know, it didn't get in the way of the Spirit, communism, yeah. right? Right. Um, and it didn't get away, you know, get, get in the way of those people in Cuba and throughout the rest of the world that. That have felt that transforming power of the spirit mm -hmm. in their lives, right? So, yeah, and it doesn't get in the way of radio, right? <laughs> you can't. It doesn't get in the way. Of can't radio. build a wall around. But it's interesting <laughs> that we may have radio, but we think about all that the spirit had to do in Madagascar mm. to flip that switch on. Yeah, they had a coup down there. Mm. You know, a president of Madagascar gave us forty-five, eight, I mean, eighty-five, eighty-four, eighty-four acres of land and then there's a coup and he's out and we were what seven years trying to work through all of that mm -hmm. before we flipped the switch and uh you know and the spirit worked in the hearts of people there mm -hmm. uh in madagascar for us to be able to s send that signal mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
We know, though, that the, the Spirit's work doesn't end. I talked about you know, transformation being born again. The Spirit's work doesn't end once somebody is baptized. Right? We don't, somebody isn't baptized, they get the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then it's not a, we're not all waiting to get to heaven right at that point. Right. Oh, we're hoping, right? Yeah. <laughs> our hope is always there, but we can't just sit down on our, you know, on our hands and say, well, I guess we'll just wait it out. Um, and so part of the way that works is, is called sanctification. Right, that the Holy Spirit right. is making people holy. That's what that word means, right? To, in Greek, it's hagiatsomai, to make somebody holy. Right. And the Holy Spirit is doing that in people's lives after that transformation um, has already taken place. And I'm wondering, uh, we've sort of already covered some of this, but mm-hmm. sort of that second part of it in your work of, of that be holy as, as I am holy mm-hmm. call once... Um, when somebody accepts the gospel of, of seeing that that work almost across years maybe we could think about it maybe mm-hmm. almost over ret- years yeah. yeah retrospectively how have you well, seen the sanctification look back <laughs> I'm older than 45 years so we're assuming <laughs> yeah. that at least 45 yes it yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> with my grandson getting ready to go into senior year uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking back I've seen lives individual after individuals become and they're closer in the relationship with the Spirit, with Jesus Christ. I just really am amazed. Uh, I've already mentioned some of the examples, uh, Carlos and, and others, you know, that we've seen this transformation take place. And not only have they become uh, more Christ-like, but they've taken on the serious mission that God has given them, you know, and that's part of the sanctification. That's part of that process because we're supposed to bear fruit, mm-hmm. you know. And so we see them gaining in the, the fruits of the Spirit. And, uh, and we see it in their families. And we see the, the whole paradigm shift that has gone from what they think a family is like, then all of a sudden, because of the Spirit of Christ working in them, you know, they become a different, uh, well, they become Christ-like, you know. Mm-hmm and uh, testimony of their kids and, and all. Uh, we were talking over lunch uh, uh, today. We had a, uh, and Gina said, wow, from our youth group, I mean, do you realize how many people are preaching today? You know, so we could go through a, a, li- a list of names of, of those transformations that have taken place, and I look where they're at today, from San Diego to Miami, Latin America, people that we've, been able to be blessed that we've been able to touch their lives and they've gone way beyond I mean mm-hmm. I haven't seen Gina and how many years? Oh, it's been a long time. yeah so I mean the spirit is at work it, it's mm-hmm. not dependent on what we're doing yeah you know it's a spirit working in lives of individuals across you know the Latin American spectrum yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're keeping in that context yeah, I think that's a great point because sometimes some of the critique of missions in the past, like in the 19th century, right, was that British people would go to Africa and they'd try to make African people British instead of mm-hmm. trying to show the gospel mm-hmm. to people in Africa and have the, have the spirit transform people. Well, I'll tell you, when I, when I was in, in New Guinea, yeah, a village, yeah. we would have a cup of tea in the afternoon with the natives right, yeah. because uh-huh. that British influence was yeah. there, right. you know, and they would with the bones in their noses, and, you know, <laughs> the grass skirt, and 
get out their tin cup because they had to have their afternoon tea. Right. So, yeah, you know, are we going to Americanize or are we going to spiritize? Exactly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. You right. Are you bringing the kingdom of the USA or the kingdom of God, you know, yeah, yeah the, the spirit to... Mm -hmm. And then seeing it flip is something that I think we're excited about. My divisional dean is Dan Rodriguez, who grew up in L.A. and, you know, is... Um, you know, comes from a Hispanic side and, and works in missions, but he works for sort of missions here in, in the U.S., but he was a missionary in Mexico. But anyways, the, the flip that I think is going to happen that I'm really excited about is um, the people that, that the Spirit has been working in for years with, with what you're doing, but even the Spirit's been working on them for years and years and years, and then coming into the United States, I'm really excited for them to re-evangelize us yeah. and see what the mm -hmm. Spirit does that way mm -hmm. without... Well, the Lord sends workers in spite exactly. of the political <laughs> room, room, thing that we're going through right now. I mean, you know, the Lord sends workers. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, to reap the harvest and, and all. So if they come from Latin America, great. Yeah. You know, I see, uh, I see so many. Our vision is, was given to us to, uh, years ago, Miami, the gateway to Latin America. Mm. The idea was that we're going to have Latin Americans come, but we want them to go mm. and evangelize. But now where they've evangelized, what you're saying is they've come for a different purpose, mm -hmm. come to be missionaries here. Yeah. yeah. And it, there was a, quite an influx when a lot of Latin churches were needed, like in Middle Tennessee and all. All of a sudden, someone, I get a phone call and they say, well, we, there's a guy down in Nicaragua that, you know, we were thinking about hiring as a preacher and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And so... There are local churches that will reach into Latin America to actually hire mm. evangelists that mm -hmm. have been trained down there. And there's a lot of great training going on in Latin America, the Baxter Institute, mm -hmm. another one, Becca, and, and all. And I mean, there's just, uh, mm -hmm. and we have an institute in Havana, you know, and, uh, and also Quito, Ecuador. So mm -hmm. a lot of preachers being trained. Yeah, that's great. When we were in London, we had that experience with uh, just talking about the British experiences. You know, they would go and colonize and imperialize. And then now when we were in London, the churches that are thriving oftentimes there are, are built on these African people who have come, oh, yes. you know, from the, what used to be the empire of the United Kingdom are coming to, to the homeland mm -hmm. and re-evangelizing. And I actually, I found it to be really, you know, we went there with, oh, the church is dying. Um, and I went there with that pessimistic attitude. And then when you get there and you see these wonderful men and women who, have, who accepted the gospel in a foreign land, let's say, and have come back, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's them that are re-evangelizing the British people. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's... I'm excited for that. You know, it's, no, it's, 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 it's amazing what African Christians are doing mm. in their continent and in other yeah, parts yeah, of the world. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we're seeing that uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, World Bible School's great success down yeah. there, <laughs> and uh, and us trying to reach. Yeah. But part of that is that part that you talked about of, of, with Galatians is that that the, when you're in the Spirit, the Spirit produces fruit, mm -hmm. right? And Galatians says, um, I don't want to butcher it, so I actually wrote it down. Um, Since we live by the Spirit, let us uh, keep in step with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Right, and right. so right, we're we're born again through the Spirit, but that's not the that's not the end process that we keep in in step with the Spirit, so that fruit can be produced. Mm -hmm. um, but on the flip side of that, you know, we think about the ways that perhaps uh, we can talk about it from the, the the ways that we messed up and then have become better at. <laughs> you know, the, the Spirit has molded us um, in our work, but uh, at church we're going through First Corinthians right now um, in our study. Um, 
And at the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul is having to deal with the fact that there have been these divisions in the Corinthian church. So he gets there and he's saying, some of you belong, some of you say you belong to Paul, you belong to Apollos, you belong to Cephas. Um, and he says, what a mistake, mm -hmm. right, that is, that you're all part of the body. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how perhaps you or I have done that as well, maybe at the, or the mistakes that we've made perhaps mm -hmm. in terms of Mm -hmm. trying to get in the way of the Spirit, and instead of saying, do you want to be like Christ, maybe you've said, mm -hmm. do you want to be like Rex, or mm -hmm. how I would say it, instead mm -hmm. of being like Christ, do you want to be on Nick's side, or do you want to be, <laughs> yeah. you want to be like yeah. Nick, or do you want to be like Christ? Mm -hmm. Some of those right. problems that come when we say that evangelism is all based upon me, yeah. instead, of, instead of the Spirit. Yeah. Well, that goes back way, way back to when I was converted in 1971, and then going to Sunset School of Preaching, uh, you know, after being married and all. And, you know, back then, we were, we were trained, it was kind of like a boot camp, you know. Mm -hmm. And you just learned as many verses as you could and everything else. And here's your strategy for evangelizing. Mm -hmm. And here's your part chart. And, you know, lay it all out. You know, what your, what your plan is going to be when you get to the mission field and, and all of that. And, and even when I was on the mission field in New Guinea, we had a national strategy that we worked on to try to... And so you have all these strategies and you think, you know, if I just follow this this way, you know, it's all going to work out. And then all of a sudden there's a first hiccup, mm -hmm. you know, and there's another and there's another. And, and things happen in our life in ministry and in missions that all of a sudden <laughs> the only way you're going to survive is to lift the spirit. The only way you're going to survive is to let him take over. And uh, so, yes, there's been times that... Uh, in my early, uh, after my conversion, I was so dogmatic about my faith that I ostracized my mother, my father, my stepfather, mm -hmm. I mean, my brothers, my sisters. They were just like, whoa, what is this, you know? We liked it better when you were a party animal, you know? <laughs> you know, it, you know it was, it was kind of crazy, you know? And then, but over, over time, and I let the Spirit uh, work more mightily in my life, uh, I s had an opportunity to love my dad, who my parents were divorced when I was like five years old, love him unconditionally for many years. And uh, he called me one day, he says, my cancer's back. And he said, you know, uh, and, I, and so what I'm saying is I'm following, following the Spirit and His will mm -hmm. and trying to emulate that and that relationship. And he said, I want you to come visit because then I visited, he said, would you do my funeral in six months? And I said, Dad, I said, uh, how about, I, you know, I said, yes, I would. Mm -hmm. And then I asked him, I said, uh, I said, a little later, I said, hey, you're going to get to meet Jesus in about six months. Why don't you start getting to know him now? <laughs> you know, and he started through email, mm -hmm. studying with me, uh, some moral Bible school courses and others. And uh, two months before I did do his funeral, I baptized him in his bathtub. Mm -hmm. And so when I see that I may have had all of the right answers at one point in my life, uh, and sometimes we approach <coughs> ministry that way with the old school way of thinking things and, mm -hmm. and doing. And what I love now is I see young people now looking more to the Spirit mm -hmm. right from the get-go, you know, and understanding the power of the Spirit in their life and uh, the influence that, that it can have, and uh, especially with what you do here and the, the you know, impression you can lay on their hearts now that they leave here from Pepperdine. They go with that spirit of Christ 
into whatever mission they've chosen, mm -hmm. you know. So I see a real contrast in the way I started and in the way I believe the Spirit yeah. is working today. Yeah, I always feel that when I, I've said this to Kristen a million times, so she'll hear this, but uh, I like to think about it in terms of that, that the Spirit is already at work wherever I'm going. I, I am bringing the Spirit with me because I've been transformed by Christ and, and I've been granted that gift and He's indwelt in me. But the Spirit's already working throughout the entire world, mm -hmm. right? Throughout the entire universe, the Spirit is at work. And I always say, how can I be a part of that? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. What's already going is, I feel like sometimes when we go into the mission field, or even when I come, like you said, to class, and I think about talking to students, I think, I'm, I'm the one who's bringing the Spirit. The Spirit's entering the room when I enter the room. Right? <laughs> He's gone and before I, you. You yeah, already covered right, that Right, exactly. Once. He's gone before <laughs> me, and I think about how much... How much anxiety even that takes away and makes me a better minister because because I'm a, I'm a tool for the Spirit. Right. I am not the Spirit. Right. I am the tool of the Spirit, and the Spirit's already been at work. Mm -hmm. Right, and the Spirit was already at work in Latin America. Yeah, before you got there. Yeah, long before I got there. Yeah, and yet he was also in, you know involved in your life, and those yes. two things came together. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And how much anxiety I feel like that. That takes off you. Yes. Right? yes. <laughs> well, Not that you don't work, right? That's the that's the whole thing. Is that there's still work to be done, right? You don't. Yeah, there's work to be done, but but you're doing work that you feel that the spirit has led you to do, mm -hmm. and that that's really where it's at. And uh, you know, I get up every morning and, and putting in programming every day. Yeah, yeah. It has to be on the air. I mean, it's just it's like God, you're letting me do this. Mm. You know, this is to let me be a part of that. And I've never been to Madagascar. I've never mm -hmm. seen those antennas, you know, eyeball to eyeball, you know, but wow, I get to do that. And I feel totally blessed. And it's so spirit driven mm -hmm. uh, to bring me from where I've come through ministry over the years to where we are today mm -hmm. is only by the spirit mm -hmm. uh, because when I was depending on all things for myself, mm -hmm. say when I was like 33 years old, mm -hmm. I found myself uh, so stressed out that I was paralyzed from the neck down and they had to recover me right before I checked out. Mm -hmm. 33 years old. And then I began, oh, I gotta rely on the spirit. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So that began my turn. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and God has a way of waking you up, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, just like, wow. Right. So. Definitely have seen it in my own personal life, the transformation power of the Spirit, mm -hmm. and uh, really trying to, uh, I'm just grateful every day that I get to do what I do that way. Mm -hmm. So here's a question I just came up with, so you don't okay. have any answers, but. Uh, that's right. What's, what's the future, you feel like, for not only you and your ministry and what World Christian Broadcasting is doing, and, but what do you think the future is in Latin America, and what, what, will the, what do you think the Holy Spirit is in the process of getting ready for the, right. <laughs> the future uh, of Latin America. It's amazing when I think of the audience, which is Latin America, mm -hmm. I think of people who never have thought about God in, in some corners of Latin America. I mean, they just maybe not even walked past and entered into a Catholic church even. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of atheism, especially if you get down to the southern cone of South America and all. There's mm -hmm. a lot of atheism. Uh, in Latin America and I believe that 
sharing the message of Jesus and giving them messages that, that bring hope, messages that, that give them evidence of the existence of God. Uh, like one of our programs is through biblical archaeology with Dr. Bill Humble. We have those in, in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to put a pebble in their shoe, you know, doubt about their atheism. Mm -hmm. And having another opportunity now with uh, Dr. Novi Stone with NASA, retired, now an elder in the church, and we've written, he's written seven scripts so far. Mm -hmm. His book that he put out was called Genesis, Lessons from Space. <laughs> so he helped build NASA along with Von Braun from 1962 on, and he's an elder in the church in Huntsville. Mm -hmm. And I think about those messages going out in Latin America. Mm -hmm. We just did translate those into Russian as well. Yeah. So, you know, taking the hearts of people who are not initially seekers, Mm. But you put that pebble under shoe and they mm. start wondering, they start seeking. And, and that's what I'm hoping across Latin America, that, mm -hmm. that we'll see that. There's been trends over the last several years. They, I think they said there's, I think the Pentecostals would tell you there's probably 220 million Pentecostals. You know, so mm -hmm. a lot of people have pulled away from Catholicism. They've gone to the Pentecostal movement mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe 20,000 at 1900 mm. and so the trend is to in Latin America to turn toward God and turn toward his spirit mm -hmm. and so what we want to do is to be there with a message that's going to help them make that turn and and uh, we have a series of lessons called Vale la pena vivir life is worth living you know and we have like 300 something programs on that. life is worth living by Bruno Valle and you know, there's people out there that are wondering about that. Mm -hmm. Is life worth living? And so when we're on the air with those spots, I feel like, wow, I might turn that person that may be trying to make a wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And we have lighter programs like Cooking with the Open Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we have a few lighter programs as yeah, well. Yeah. And uh, one of our radio speakers, uh, Michelle Golf, we have lessons, uh, radio programs for women. Uh, and she's a great radio person and, and she, if you go to our website uh, and you click on the radio, you'll see her logo for her wonderful ladies bilingual ministry. Uh, Michelle Golf has been uh, very generous with that. Thirty seconds about your cooking show. I'll <laughs> do that. Well, we 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 haven't produced a whole lot more in the last few years, but uh, the fellow that did it, he was. Uh, <laughs> they have. You know, the pots and the pans and the microphones, and and they're going through recipes. A professional chef. But he's also an evangelist, and he would share, you know, the recipe and everything, and then talk about, you know, have bring spiritual messages along with that. And so on the radio, it sounds like he's in a kitchen, he's doing all of this, you know, he's got it all going, you know. Uh, so I have fun putting those on every once in a while, you know. Uh, I'd like to do more of that, but he's he's not into the producing right now. But yeah, so that's a lot of fun. We also have health. We meet people with, you know, health advice and financial advice that, mm -hmm. that comes to us. Because you want to, want to be whole. We want to help the whole person. Mm -hmm. And then they, they come in. They're surprised by that spiritual message mm -hmm. you know, that, that comes in there. Unforgettable conversations with Jesus. Another series written by Gail Crow. Uh, teach, teach us to pray. Another series written by Andy Baker in Spanish. And, and uh, these are, these are things that are, we hope will be life changing in their lives. Mm -hmm.
Well, we only have, I don't know, is that clock correct? We have about five minutes left. I didn't know if you wanted to show the video, if we wanted to take questions, if anybody had any questions. Three minutes. I can put the video on as they're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really just our last mission trip that we did in Cuba, and you just give you a little uh, glimpse. Uh, it's too long to play, but I can play it for like five minutes if anyone's interested. Would you want to do that, or would you want to field some questions? A video. No, I have How long have you and Brenda been doing this, and what has been the fuel to for, such, for doing it for so long? Mm. Well, I got to go back to the spirit. <laughs> That's the only fuel we got, you know. Uh, as you know, we've talked about in our. We've been doing this. Uh, uh, well, it's 1977. We arrived in our first mission. And so uh, from 77 to now, uh, all, really most basically our whole married life, <laughs> you know, we've been sharing Christ. And so what keeps us going is, uh, one, of course, the spirit, that's the theological side of it, but seeing hmm, the reward of you and Carlos and the people that I've talked about and to see where they are today, and I think, how many more Ana Duques are out there? How many more Carlos Isaac and Ginas are there out there? How many more are there just waiting to hear? And because our daughter and grandson. They're right here. <laughs> My daughter Rachel okay. and, and Luke, which is going to be interning with Don McLaughlin at the North Atlanta Church. Uh, you know, so he's got it in on his heart. God's calling him. We'll see what God calls you to do. And so, you know, uh, Rachel had been involved with ministry since, oh my goodness, I mean, you know, we took her to New Guinea when she was <laughs> three years old, and, uh, you know, uh, and then we brought her back to America to be, grow up in a Spanish-speaking church. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we have, and that's her husband at that point, uh, well, not her husband at that time, he's eight years old, <laughs> and uh, grew up together, and they got married, and uh, so... And he's an elder in the church and, and doing great in his faith and had and, and partnered with us in ministry for several years. So we have uh, we have been blessed. So that's kind of the short answer. Uh, I'm going to put this on and then we'll just... You can go to our website. I've got some cards here that will guide you to our website. If you can pass those out while I get them on. And then I won't have to show you these other slides that I had put in here. Before you turn that on, we want to thank you. Thank you.